0: Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jimmy. And we're the Talk to the Hand podcast. Hi, Jimmy. How's the man, flu?
1: I am on the road to recovery. I think the support you gave me last episode has really helped me on my way and I think I'm going to make a full recovery, so thank you for asking.
0: I am so relieved. Are you going to be all right to lead this one? I am indeed. Who have you got for us today?
1: It is Omika Johnson.
0: Ah, yes.
1: I think it was an interesting story and there's a lot of stuff that came up in her private life and as I went through this, I I don't know, I had this vision of of her being quite a wholesome person, wholesome in the traditional sense of the word, Mm -hmm. but actually she was a little bit more open and and perhaps promiscuous than, Mm -hmm. than I remembered when I first started doing the research. So we'll take you through our week's life story now, so let's rewind to the 90s. Erika Johnson was born in August 16, 1967 in Sweden and had a childhood marked by personal and cultural transitions. She grew up in a family that experienced divorce and relocation and her formative years laid the foundation for her eventual journey into the media world. So her parents' divorce impacted her deeply and the early experience of family upheaval likely contributed to her later openness about personal struggles and challenges. Including her battles with depression and mental health issues, that wasn't something I had uh, previously been aware of. No, no,
0: it's something that she's kept particularly hidden. At the, the early, early stage of her yes. memory, yes, yes,
1: absolutely. So at the age of twelve, um, she moved to, from Sweden to England. The, the relocation was a significant shift, you know. Obviously, introducing her to a new culture, a new language, a new way of life. And just adapting to a foreign environment at such a young age likely shaped the resilience and ability to navigate change that became important traits for her during her television career. So the details about her childhood, hobbies and interests are not extensively documented, but the move to England definitely marked a turning point for her. Ulrika's entry into the world of modelling marked the beginning of her rise to prominence. Now, she obviously had those striking looks that we remember, very uh, typically Swedish, I think and she had that, that confidence and eventually that would open doors in the broader entertainment world so during that modeling career she featured in various fashion campaigns advertisements and photo shoots her modeling work included both print and runway assignments and her ability to connect with the camera and exude charisma helped her to stand out in what was a competitive industry Her success as a model led to her becoming quite sought-after figure in the fashion and entertainment scene, and she appeared in many magazines and other media outlets, as it solidified her status as a rising star. So while that modelling career initially brought her recognition, it was just the beginning of her journey. She started to have some kind of relationship with Prince Edward, and that opened up a number of doors for her in the world of television, I guess, her profile had risen as a consequence of that. And she began as a weather presenter on T V A M while also being a weather presenter in Sweden on TV3.
0: At the same time. Yes. Oh wow! Well, I suppose it know was that.
1: about five minutes' work, wasn't it? <laughs> but
0: I thought they have to do all their research as well to be done in two different countries. Yeah.
1: Well. I'm not sure how much background she had in meteorology, but she certainly did the presenting of it, because I do remember that. But as I say, I'm not sure how much of the science behind Mm -hmm. it she was was involved in. But in 1990, she married cameraman John Turnbull. Then she began to make guest appearances on various TV shows, and that had come from her appearance as a, a weather girl. Her early experiences on television provided her with a platform to showcase her personality and her communication skills. She appeared in the French film, The Annunciation of Marie, in 1991. And although the co-presenting role in BBC's short-lived daytime TV show, Who's Bluffing Who, did not last long, her ability to connect with audiences and exude confidence on screen did catch the attention of producers and casting directors. And then it led to her having one of her breakthrough moments, and that was as co-presenter on the popular British show Gladiators. Yeah. So you were a fan of Gladiators. Yeah,
0: I was. It's It's good. It's
1: quite strange because that program, it is making a comeback now, but even the original episodes, they do last the test of time because Mm. our children have gone through and watched. We've
0: watched it, haven't we? And
1: they've really enjoyed it. That's a show that certainly had that longevity The show itself, if you're not familiar with it, it featured contestants competing against a team of gladiators in various physical challenges and garnered a substantial following. And our Rika's role as a presenter alongside John Faschalu allowed her to engage with viewers and provide commentary and interact with participants and, and the gladiators themselves and showcased her ability to be able to handle live television and engage with audiences. And that must have been quite a challenging role at the time you know going from people coming off quite high energy activity sweating and mm. out of breath and immediately mm. taking them off for an interview to have a few words with them yeah yeah well, i never really thought about that when i used to see see the interviews no no you just know it
0: all you know they're talking in
1: 1994 our had a first child uh, who they called cameron however the marriage with john turnbull faced challenges and they divorced a year after the birth of their son but while presenting Gladiators, our week I began a relationship with James Crossley, who was Hunter on the show.
0: Yes, I remember Hunter. You've met um, Hunter. Haven't um, you? We did, yeah, back in uh, with the Milton Keynes, wasn't it? A meet and greet. <laughs> but the height difference is a bit of a thing, wasn't it? Oh. I'm I'm only five two, and Hunter's what? He's over six foot.
1: He was yeah, well over six yeah. foot. Their relationship garnered significant media attention due to their high-profile status in the entertainment industry. And at the time, their coupling was widely covered in the press, given the popularity of gladiators and indeed Euika's own career. Mm. So building on the success of of Gladiators, Ulrika expanded her television hosting roles to the National Lottery Show, and that really increased her visibility and made her a familiar face in households across the UK. I mean, that was huge.
0: Mm. With the lottery, it was a full programme, wasn't it? It was. Sort of, and so do you remember Mystic Meg as well? I do. So, yeah, and I'd forgotten that Ulrika was on that. Do
1: you ever remember Brian Connolly doing a skit on Mystic Meg? So he'd say things like, "Oh." so the person who wins yeah. the lottery will have a door number. <laughs> you know, those kind of things.
0: Yeah.
1: Arika's relatable style in her to the viewers and her versatility in handling different types of content really started to solidify her status as a television personality. And she became a captain of BBC's Shooting Stars.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you remember that? Yep, yeah, I
1: do. With Vicky and Bob Mortimer,
0: and the guy that played the baby from Little Britain, Matt that Lucas. Was Matt Lucas, yeah, that's yeah. where he started. Yeah. And of
1: course, they had the Oh, uh, Yes, I remember
0: that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so she went on to interview the then Prime Minister John Major in 1997, and she presented the Eurovision Song Contest and Miss World in 98 and 99, respectively. However, it was in 1997 that Arika met footballer Stan Collymore at a party for Gladiators. Arika would then regularly go up to Birmingham to watch Stan playing for Aston Villa. Now, this relationship went on to have some difficulties. Um, I do remember reading that Stan Collymore's version of events was at the party, they'd not actually spoken, but he left his number with one of the staff okay. and asked them to pass it on to Arika. Yeah. Then she had called him. Yeah. They'd agreed to go for a day, she turned up and walked up to Stan and said, oh, are you the one I'm supposed to be meeting? So okay. she didn't actually know who it was she was going on a day with. Right. And retrospectively, he said that should have rang alarm bells to him, but obviously there's a lot more that went on mm-hmm. in that relationship yeah. that was uh, yeah. more serious. So she would go up and see Stan playing for Aston Villa um, quite frequently, and then by 1998, they'd been seeing each other for nearly a year. And there are differing accounts of a lot of things in their relationship, but the one thing that isn't disputed by anyone is what happened. Orica was hit and kicked in the head by Stan Collymore during a vicious assault in a Paris bar in 1998. And again, even now, they both have differing aversion of events of what happened before and after the attack. But the assault definitely did occur, and it did occur publicly.
0: Obviously, Eureka was high profile, wasn't she? So the fact that this has happened to her, it puts her in a really good place to be that spokeswoman for women going through something like she did. Mm, Uh, So I can understand, and I think that's... Obviously, it's devastating what happened to her, but because of who she was at the time, then it was great that she could become that spokeswoman for other women. Because it
1: happened so publicly, there was no ambiguity about whether it happened or not. And Mm -hmm. I think... Perhaps would someone would have felt well if it could happen to Aurica? I don't need to be embarrassed about the fact yes. it happened to me, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely.
1: So not long after that, Aurica started seeing German hotel manager Markus Kempin, and that also received media coverage. And then the pair had a daughter uh, called Bo in two thousand. But they two split soon after. After stints presenting shows such as Dog and Dog and The Joy of Text, an ITV makeover show Home on Their Own, her personal life and television career had something of a crossroads. So with three million viewers watching, Ulrika had an open interview in a documentary, Ulrika Johnson, The Truth About Men. That same year, a story that shocked the nation emerged. Ulrika had been having an affair with England manager Sven Goran Eriksson,
0: Sven, Sven, go on Ericsson.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you remember how yeah. shocking that was yeah, at the time? It
0: like, oh, but, because it's not even that they were caught as a one off, she'd been having an affair with him.
1: Absolutely, but you never Never put them material. together,
0: never, and yeah, no.
1: Fair play to Sven, though. <laughs> there were 19 years between the pair, and Sven had been in a relationship, or was I currently know. in a relationship, with Nancy Delalio. And it was reported that Alwiga had given him an ultimatum, which she later denied that that had happened. Okay. But I think Sven was always a little bit scared of Nancy Delalio. Yeah, I think,
0: think anyone would be yeah, scared. Yeah, I think so. to her, because again, she, she's someone who's made her path in the world, and she was a lawyer, wasn't she?
1: She was, so, she just yeah. refused. She, yeah. she acknowledged that they'd been in affairs, I recall, mm-hmm. but she, Sven's not going anywhere. Yeah. That's it. it. And Sven kind of nodded yeah. like a little puppy dog. Many years later, I was still referencing it in interviews and articles she was writing, mm-hmm. and she said she was trying to forget about it because sex was about as exciting as assembling an Ikea bookcase.
0: Why would you say that? I just that think it's crass. Very, very crass. And it, there, really? there was
1: a, a couple of things like that that just made me a little... Anybody looking at Sven-Goran Erikson, what are you expecting in bed? Yeah. Just being honest but, about but it. But
0: also, it points as sort of what were her motivations it, then. Absolutely. Because,
1: and if you think yeah. about what Stan Collingwood did say yeah, about her. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And if we go on to what happened next, mm. so she mm. met Lance Gerard Wright in 2002 on an ITV reality show, Mr. Wright. Mm. The premise of the show was that there was a whole bunch of women, single women, mm. competing against each other to win a romance with him. Mm. Now, Arika was presenting the show, but she ended up with him, which really annoyed the, the yeah. contestants. And they did go on to get married in August 2003, which was on her 36th birthday. Mm. And they had a daughter in 2004, but they too ended up divorcing two years after that. So Arika claims in her 2002 autobiography that she was raped by a well-known TV personality when she was a 19-year-old secretary in 1988, But she did not name the man or report it to police. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. I do. So journalist Matthew Wright named presenter John Mm -hmm. Leslie as the alleged rapist, live on air, and it effectively ended his career. He lost his 240000 a year contract job on This Morning. Yeah. And they replaced him with...
0: Philip Schofield. Indeed.
1: There were also pictures of John Leslie that emerged of him doing cocaine. And a sex tape leaked of him in a threesome with his then-girlfriend, Abby Titmus. Yeah. And that certainly didn't help from a career perspective, although it didn't do any harm to Abby Titmuss' career. (laughs) But John Leslie was never charged for rape, and Arika has never confirmed nor denied whether it was him who did it. And again, from both sides, I would say, if he did do it, and it was John Leslie surely you should confirm it was because there have been other sexual accusations against John Leslie, which he's been cleared of. Mm. But if there was one that was unrecorded as such, you should say it. And if he didn't do it, if it wasn't him, she's basically contributing to ending the career of someone who had yeah. nothing to do with what he's yeah. being accused of. And she's got the power to do either of those yeah. things. Yeah. She's a spokesperson for domestic violence. Yeah. So she's obviously got the ability to be articulate in the way that she converses on in, on sensitive subjects like this. Mm. As difficult as it is. But she did bring it up. So she's able, she, she wanted that in the public domain or she mm. wouldn't have wrote it in her autobiography.
0: No, but, and that, that's my. I've got two things to say. The fact that she has said that in her autobiography, she must know people aren't going to ignore that. So, what was her reason for doing that? If she's going to, she put it in, she needs to follow it up. You know, you can't just say, I was raped, and then not expect anything to come back on mm. it. So, the fact that she's still not confirmed or denied it, like, what's the point in saying it if you're not willing to see it through? My other point is. Sorry, just
1: was, on that yeah. point then. Yeah. If you were being really cynical, yeah. you would say she's writing an, an autobiography and a headline like that is going to sell. It's finding that balance, isn't it? Because she, she seeks attention and she yes. has clearly see, sought attention through various stages of her career. Yes, yeah. But we also know factually that she's also had some horrible things happen to her. Yes, yeah. So it's difficult. Um, sorry, what was your second point? The
0: other thing was Matthew Wright. What happened to him afterwards? Because. He can't name someone. Where was his information for naming him?
1: Well, there's loads of information that people in the know are aware of. But... That these days gets published out on Twitter, does And we
0: know that with Hugh Edwards and um, Philip Schofield. But what I'm saying is nothing happened to this. It wasn't like those other two things where they've come out and admitted it and then it's
1: like... Well, John Leslie decided not to take legal action against Matthew Wright after he blurted out his name in connection with it. But John Leslie's career was in, in tatters at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, he has made a comeback of sorts, but it's nothing like Not the level that he was real. operating yeah. at at the time. In among the furore of, yes. of that allegation, our weekend main appearances on Comic Relief Does Fame Academy hands on Come Dine With Me. Mm-hmm. So in 2007, she went on Dancing on Ice and she got the boot in week three, finishing ninth. She then did a show called Aruka, Am I a Sex Addict? And then she did bits and pieces on shows such as Would I Lie to You and Piers Morgan's Life Stories. Yeah. So at the moment, she seems to be participating in television, but not really the central host star no. that she would have been in the 90s. Mm. She married for a third time in 2008 to American Brian Monet. They had a son named Malcolm that year. And the relationship was lower profile than many of our Lucas' earlier relationships. It was announced in 2019 that they had divorced. Oh, okay. A year after she'd married him, in 2009, she joined Celebrity Big Brother, and she won. Yes,
0: yeah, I remember that. So that obviously shows popularity was still there.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I think Celebrity Big Brother sometimes... The public can be quite antagonistic. Mm-hmm. I guess on all reality shows. Do you remember when John Fashione was on oh, was on the jungle, jungle. Yeah. and he had every phobia under the sun and day in, day out they were voting? We were him just voting, weren't we, for <laughs> him
0: to do the task.
1: Now, Eureka was not popular among, among the housemates and they voted her up for eviction every single time that they had a vote. So apart from me does wonder whether that was just the the British I'm public. Thinking,
0: yeah, <laughs> Getting behind her
1: just to annoy everyone else. That dark her and new sense in. of humour, I think. Yeah. So she managed to get £175,000 to go on the show. So I don't know, her fame had obviously diminished, but maybe she was seen as a catch because she was someone who perhaps wouldn't be thought of as going on that show.
0: And also, Celebrity Big Brother would be thinking about all the things that she could talk about, the Sven, mm. um, Gladiators.
1: Well, they wouldn't have been able to do much about the allegations no. in their autobiography because they would have been subject to legal silence. She did go back to shooting stars for the 2009 relaunch, but the program didn't do quite as well as it had done the first time around.
0: And I think that's an example of where sometimes, you know, these shows, it's great to see them back because we have a love for them in the 90s, but actually we're older... We're in different, the people that watched them back in the 90s are now in different places and unless you can capture the new audience, that new generation, some of those shows don't work.
1: I think it's the format sometimes that can make a difference. I think if sometimes there's a one-off or a two-parter, it can work quite well, but I think when they come back and it's just as the series was, another season, I I think then sometimes it struggles, doesn't it? So another career change beckoned for Arika as she released her debut novel, The Importance of Being Myrtle, in September 2011. And over the next few years, it was reality TV mainly, with things like Celebrate MasterChef and Celebrity SAS, Who Dares Wins. And I think, again, there's one part of you that would say, just a desperation to stay on telly. But yes. there's another part of you that would say, well, I'm sure she's got bills to pay and mouths to yeah. feed, so yes. she yeah. has a right to work. She has probably been dubbed four by four um, mm-hmm. by the media, because she'd had four children by four different men, and she now lives in Oxfordshire. Yes. She pops up on the news now and then, and it's usually commenting on some sex scandal or releasing a naked or near-naked picture of herself. Yeah. Her son has said he gets teased about it, but she feels it's her body to do with what she wants. She makes quite a few, what the papers call, X-rated confessions, but it all does feel a little bit desperate. It's almost regularly trying to cash in on the relationships and affairs she had in the past. The last I really heard from her, she was pitching herself as a potential host for a middle-aged Love Island uh, type show. Yeah, yeah. Do
0: you think that would work? I think it would, but I think I've heard Davina McCall might be presenting something like that. Apparently they were the two. Yeah, in, and Davina McCall all the way.
1: I'm not sure who suggested Davina McCall, but I think Ulrika suggested Eureka. <laughs> Um But last year, she did confirm she'd been diagnosed with arthritis several years before, and she said she's getting close to needing a hip replacement, said it was quite uncomfortable when she slept and things like that. She has been on a couple of televised dating shows since, but remain single
0: right okay why Why does it have to be televised dating shows why not do it away from the cameras for a while but maybe she's doing
1: it for the cameras rather than for the photos actual... is she happy I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know It's in some of the research that we've, did, we've done in the past you can really get a picture for whether mm-hmm. the person's in a better place mm-hmm. or not a better place I can only I can't speak for Ulrika but I can give you my opinion and that mm-hmm. is that I don't think she is. I think she's struggling, as many people who make uh, the at least the early part of their career from their looks, mm-hmm. and as she's mm-hmm. getting older, the body doesn't work it as well. Does, she obviously yeah. did a lot of things around sex, and I guess that gets harder to sell when you're 56 years old. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. she's probably struggling a bit with that. Her kids mm-hmm. are growing up, though, and I'm sure that must be They one. are,
0: yeah, and a podcast that I like, White One Question Time, Kate Thornton, Ulrika's been on that, oh, well. talking about her family and obviously living in Oxfordshire and stuff. So, How did I she think,
1: seem on that? Yeah,
0: no, she seemed, she seemed as if she was happy. She knew where she was at a time in her life now. And it's all about her family, all about her children. But I think she's someone that needs, she needs to be needed.
1: Yeah, I mean, she is certainly still posting those pictures of herself. Yeah. But then, why not? I guess that's the era we live in. I don't really see there's a great deal wrong with it, but as I say... And at her
0: age, if she can do it, if that's what she's comfortable with, but is she doing it because she really enjoys it or because that's all she thinks she can do? That's a
1: good point. So uh, that's the end of the story of our week Johnson. And I'm kind of left with mixed feelings after some of the previous stories we've done. We get to the end and we think, oh, I didn't know that. Mm. Or maybe Mm. you you look at things in a different light. But this particular one, as I got to the end of it, I'm still kind of torn on where I am with Ulrika. Yes. I think part of me is fair play to her. She used what she had. She made a success of it. Mm. She didn't stay in marriages. She didn't want to be in. Good luck to her. Yeah.
0: She became Um, a spokesperson for um, women uh, across the country for the domestic violence.
1: Absolutely. But then there's the other part of me that thinks it's just a reek of desperation of it. And I think Mm. that jive she made about Svengore and everything, it's Mm. not the only thing, that was just an example, but there are other things she says and she comes across quite catty when she's writing like that um, or in interviews like that. And it just left a bit of a sour taste and I'm left kind of mixed on it. I don't. Dislike her, but neither do I like, I like her. her. Yeah. I'm just meh. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Meh. Meh. You're sounded like a meow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all from us this week. Thank you very much for joining us. So until next week. Talk, talk to the hands.
0: Hand.